out of the funnies, into your homes, and we hope your hearts too. The Watertown Players bring you Blondie. Before we join the bumsteads of Shady Lane Avenue, let's gather around the bandstand for a curtain raiser from Tara Jones. Raise that curtain, Tara. My baby don't care for shows My baby don't care for clothes My baby just cares for me My baby don't care for cars and races My baby don't care for Care for high tone places. Elizabeth Taylor is not his style. And even Lana Turner smile. Something he can't see. My baby don't care who knows it. My baby just cares. Play it, boys. baby don't care for show my baby don't care for those my baby just cares for me my baby don't care for cars and races my baby don't care for care for high tone places. Elizabeth Taylor is not his style. And even Lana Turner's smile. Something he can see. My baby don't care who knows it. My baby just cares for. He just says his prayers for That sweet baby just cares for me Thank you, Tara. You know, folks, these days it's hard to find good, quality, affordable entertainment that the whole family will enjoy. Life goes by fast, and the money can roll out faster than life. Well, look no further, friends. Blondie is being produced and sponsored this week by your very own Watertown Players. The Watertown Players has been around for over 30 years, producing well-known quality entertainment at extremely affordable prices. You may have seen such wonders as South Pacific, Godspell, War of the Worlds, 
Mama Won't Fly, Alice in Wonderland, and most recently, Dead Emma. Just to name a few. The Watertown Players makes its home at 210 South Water Street in the market, right here in downtown Watertown. The Watertown Players, dedicated to enriching the lives of those in this and surrounding communities through creativity, expression, and fun. And now we're ready for our weekly date with the Bumsteads. This time we find Dagwood with his employer, J.C. Dithers, standing in the living room of an attractive little bungalow which has recently been completed by the J.C. Dithers Construction Company. Dagwood is looking around the room and Dithers is looking at Dagwood. Listen. Well, Bumstead, is this a typical Dithers dream home or isn't it? Oh, sure, sure. Does that fireplace look like the kind where a young couple could sit gazing at a flickering flames or not? Yes, sir. Why, that's a regular number 413. 413A, Bumstead. The hearth of a lifelong honeymoon. $12.85 extra. And what about the furniture, Bumstead? It's okay. You mean it breathes contentment, don't you? If it doesn't, that decorator overcharged me. Are you going to furnish all the houses you build now, Mr. Dithers? Not by a long shot, I'm not. I was crazy to furnish this one. Yes, sir. What? I mean, uh, why did you furnish this one? To please Lucille Stipple. Stipple is an old maid with a barrel of money and a lot of romantic ideas about marriage and love in a cottage. She keeps talking about lamp-lit windows and an ideal home for two. Oh. So she wants to play Cupid by providing dream homes for honeymoon couples. Easy terms and no down payment if she can just put the right people in the right houses. Claims she doesn't want to make a cent. I wish I'd met her when I first married Blondie. If you'd waited for her to provide a home, you'd be living on a vacant lot today, Bumstead. Why? Because she can't seem to find a place that lives up to her ideas. I started showing her new houses, and she said they looked too empty. Then I furnished this one, and she still didn't like it. She seems to expect to find honeymooners all moved in and holding hands in front of the fire. Say, that's a good idea. You know what Eddie Guest said? It takes a heap of living in a house to make it a home. Why don't you furnish some people, too? Well, Bumstead, I'm glad you mentioned that. I had the same idea. You did? Yeah, only I'm not going to turn this new furniture over to strangers. I want someone I can hold responsible. Oh, sure. Responsible people is what you want. Don't get anyone who'd come in and start throwing parties for their friends and relatives. Get someone who'd kind of move in and then relax. Well, Bumstead, you relax easier than any man I've ever met. How about you and Blondie moving in here for a while? Oh, oh, no, Mr. Dithers. It's a nice place, but all this new furniture and all. Why, you two could make believe you were just starting on your honeymoon. Well, who, who would make believe Baby Dumpling was? Um, oh, you could leave Baby Dumpling with the Fuddles. Get a complete change. I don't know. Blondie and I are kind of used to Baby Dumpling. And Daisy the dog would miss us. Nonsense. I... I'd make it worth your while, Bumstead. 
No, look, I've got a better idea, Mr. Dithers. I know some real honeymooners. Nice, steady people, too. Blondie's Aunt Bessie and her new husband, Mr. Sneevel. They don't sound very romantic to me. Stipple wants romance. Oh, you ought to see them. Kinda like kids. Blondie and I brought them together, and I bet they'd be glad to do us a favor. Uh, but I wanted to settle the deal with Stipple this weekend. If I can do that, I can sell her a lot of homes and... I could wire Aunt Bessie. Well, it's against my better judgment, Bumstead. Anytime I leave anything to you, something goes sour. But I'll settle for Aunt Bessie and Weevil. Sneevel! What's the difference? I'll settle for them on one condition. You and Blondie come in here first and let Blondie sort of warm the place up. She's a knack for a house. Then if her Aunt Bessie doesn't come, you two will have to go through with it. I'm not going to take chances with a bank account like Lucille Stipples. And if I invite her to this house to see the people, she's got to see people. Well, I'll ask Blondie, and if she's game, I am. That's the deal, Bumstead. Now, when I bring Stipple, be sure there's a fire in the grate and some soft lamps glowing all over the place. Remember, she's strong on lighted windows. Blondie, open the door, will ya? Dagwood? Oh, my goodness, what's that? Our trunk. Uh, hold the door open till I get it in. But, Dagwood, we won't need a trunk, will we? Goodness, we may not even stay overnight if Aunt Bessie and Gideon get here in time. And if we did need anything extra to wear, we could run over to the house for it. I brought over some knickknacks. Knickknacks? Yeah, stuff to scatter around, make the place look homely. Dagwood, there are too many things in this house now. I've been changing the furniture around and putting things away all afternoon. Well, just let the trunk stand in the hallway there for now. Say, it's pretty dark in here. Why don't you light up the lamps? Dither says Miss Stipple is strong on lots of warm lights and stuff. Then Mr. Dithers should have thought to have the electricity turned on. It isn't on? No, Dagwood. No electricity, gas, or phone. And no heat yet, except the fireplace. That isn't burning up very well, is it? No. The wood is sort of green, I think. It smokes. I don't think this is going to be what Dithers wants Stipple to see. Well, we'll do the best we can. I ran over to the neighbors and phoned everybody to turn everything on, and they said they would, but they wouldn't say just when. Say, I smell kerosene. It's the oil lantern I borrowed. Doesn't give out much light either. Oh, dear. I did want the place to look cozy for Miss Stipple. I think her idea is lovely. Furnishing little honeymoon places for people. Well, maybe the lights will come on before she gets here, and the fireplace may dry out and burn. Say, when are Aunt Bessie and Gideon due? Any minute, I think. I got a funny wire from her. It said... Hey, what's that? Well, the front door. 
Oh, it's Aunt Bessie. Is that you, Blondie Bumstead? Of course. Oh, I'm so glad to see you, Aunt Bessie. Here, Dagwood, help her with her bags. Come right in. I like to have gone right by with no lights on or anything. What's the matter with the lights? They'll be turned on soon. Look out for that trunk. Put her bags by the trunk, Dagwood, just for now. Come in, dear. Gosh, six bags. <laughs> Looks like you left home for good, Aunt Bessie. And so I have, too. What? I say, and so I have left home. Not I, that I'd call that big, ugly barn of a house home. It was bad enough when I lived with my family, and they used to sit around like it was awake, waiting for Gideon Sneevel to come and claim me. Thirteen years I waited as well, you know, Blondie. And if I'd have known what was in store for me, I'd have waited till doomsday before I'd have trusted my life to that man. You? You mean Uncle Gideon? That's who I married, ain't it? For better or worse, I took him. And how was I to know how much worse it would turn out to be? Oh, dear. You, you've quarreled with Mr. Sneevel. Why, I thought you'd just come back from your honeymoon. And so we had. But when a man deserts his bride, the honeymoon is over. Uncle Gideon deserted you? Well, he's off on another trip. Packed up his sample of anchors and sheeped it and limped out. Oh, good riddance to rubbish, too. Maybe it's just a business trip. I don't care what it is. He won't find me waiting when he gets back. I was mighty glad to get your wire inviting me here. Yeah, but we kind of wanted you and Gideon both. Well, of course, if I'm not welcome. Now, Aunt Bessie, Dagwood doesn't mean that at all. It was just that we thought you and Uncle Gideon both being here would make this a real honeymoon cottage. Oh, dear. What made Uncle Gideon leave home? He laid it to Horace and Sylvester. You know, Aunt Gracie's boys. Oh, yes. Where did he meet them? Oh, they dropped past the house for just a little visit at first. Butter wouldn't melt in Gideon's mouth. He was that polite. The boys took to him so well, they decided to stay a spell. You mean they moved in with you? Well, it ain't as if it was a small house. There's eight bedrooms in that place of Sneevel's, and that I pointed out to him when he began his grumbling. But he says to me, why can't Sylvester sleep in a bedroom then, instead of my favorite chair, he says. I see. <clears throat> what else did Sylvester do? Not a blessed thing. I guess that was why Sneevel didn't take so kindly to him after a while. Sylvester does a lot of thinking, and he can't do it so good unless he's lying down. What does he think about? About what he's going to be in life. He says it's a serious thing to pick out a career. He's been thinking about it ever since he was 21, and he can't make up his mind yet. That's quite a long time, Aunt Bessie. Well, Sylvester's just turned 45. He certainly gave it a careful consideration. Poor boy. He's all worn out from the thinking and the worrying. And that Sneevel would never let him be. Why, when Sneevel went off to work mornings, he complained that Sylvester was snoring on the living room couch. And when he'd come home to lunch, he'd make him get up and come to the table. And when he comes home at nights, he'd complain that Sylvester was taking his afternoon nap in the chair. Never give the boy a minute of peace. Well, maybe if Sylvester had shown a little more energy... Oh, don't you believe it? 
Horace had energy to spare, and Sneevel got mad at Horace, too. What did Horace do? Just tried to be helpful, is all. He fixed Gideon's car for him. Well, at least he tried to. What went wrong? Well, it seems like the gears on the car was making a noise, so Horace up and took him out and puttered around and put him back. Worked like a beaver on it, but Gideon Sneevel complained that when he was through, the car wouldn't run no way but backwards. He backed it out. He backed it around the block and backed it back into the garage, and his language was a caution to hear. That's why he, when he packed up and lit out on a train. Gosh, that's too bad. Well, you can stay here tonight anyway, and then go visit your own folks a while, and... And let them say to my face that after waiting for a man for 13 years, I up and made a fizzle of my marriage? Oh, I die before I will hope. Oh, don't worry about it tonight, Aunt Bessie. You can stay here and rest. For a while she can, but this isn't our house, Blondie. It's Dither's, and... Please, Dagwood, not now. Oh, let him go on. I know I ain't wanted here, nor nowhere. Now, Aunt Bessie... The family couldn't wait to get me off their hands. Gideon as much as turned me out the doors, and now you hinting about my going before I even took off my hat. Nobody wants a lone woman. That's how it is. <laughs> now, now that isn't true a bit. You come on upstairs with me and lie down. Just a burden to one and all. That's what I am. <laughs> no, no, you're welcome with us, Aunt Bessie. Of course you are. Come on now. Would you like a nice cup of tea? Oh, oh don't go to no trouble for me. It won't take a minute to make. Not after the gas gets turned on. No gas! <laughs> please, Aunt Bessie, please. Come on upstairs and lie down. My goodness, you're all upset. Relatives. Tsk, tsk, Oh, golly, I hope that isn't Dithers. Who is that? Wait till I turn up the lantern. Psst, Mom's dead. Where is she? Eh? Who? Why, it's Mr. Sneevel. Shh! Where's Bessie? Now don't tell me she ain't here, Bumstead. I found this on the doorstep. A birdcage? With her lovebirds in it, of course. She left me the parrot for me to feed. I guess I forgot to bring the cage in with her bags. What is all this stuff in the hall? Oh, a trunk and stuff. Come on in, Mr. Sneevel. What's the matter with the lights? They're gonna turn them on pretty soon, I think. I don't like the looks of this, Bumstead. What have you done with Bessie? I haven't done anything with her. She just went upstairs with Blondie. She's pretty mad at you. Well, I've come to have it out with her once and for all. A pretty kettle of fish this is. Where'll I put this anchor? Anchor? Oh, uh, one of your samples? Certainly. It's a sample. I brought it to prove I was on a business trip I was on. Well, put them here in the hall with the other stuff. That must be pretty heavy to lug around. Not as heavy as my heart, Bumstead. There I was, a happy married man, when a snake crept into my Eden. Two snakes, Sylvester and Horace. Dagwood, what's going on down there? Shh, don't say I'm here yet. I want to confront Bessie. What good will that do? Well, maybe if I take her by surprise, I can get in a word or two before she starts talking. 
She was crying when she went upstairs. She always does when she runs out of talk. She knows I can't stand it. Dagwood, why don't you answer me? Maybe he can't speak. He's unconscious down there in the dark. I felt in my bones something was going to happen. She got her voice back. Yeah, you sure you want to stay? They'll be down in a minute. I'll just stand back here in the shadows, back of the couch. Dagwood Bumstead, who was that at the door? <coughs> Why, what's this anchor doing here? Uh, just lying there. An anchor? That means Snevel. He's followed me. Don't let him take me, Blondie. Now, Aunt Bessie, maybe he's coming to make up with you. Then he's wasting his time. I give him the best years of my life. Oh, is that so? Dropping. Now, Bessie, listen. Lurking in the shadows. Sure. Stop, lurk, and listen. That's my motto. <laughs> now, let's be sensible. Don't come no nearer, Gideon Sneevel. Stop him, Blondie. Now, Aunt Bessie, no one is going to harm you. Why not listen and hear why Mr. Sneevel has come here? Sure, Aunt Bessie. Be reasonable. Oh, I'm unreasonable, am I? Because I stopped my ear against his smooth tongue? Well, let me tell you that I've been listening for years, and I believed him, too. I was just fool enough to think he meant it when he said he'd give me a good home. I did give you a good home, but I didn't promise a home for your whole family, especially Sylvester and Horace, those termites. Don't make it any worse by cursing, Gideon Sneevel. Isn't there any way of patching this up? Yeah, if those fellers would leave... Leave? Sylvester wouldn't get off that couch if the house was on fire. I tried it. Yes, he frightened me out of my wits, hollering fire one morning. Yes, and all Sylvester said was, which room? And I said, the kitchen was in flames. And Sylvester said, well, when it gets close to here, call Horace and ask him to carry me out. I won't sit here and listen to no more lies. I'll go out into the night again. Now, Aunt Bess. She won't have to go. I'll go. Hand me that anchor and those lovebirds. Don't lay so much as a finger on those birds. They're mine. Who paid for them, I'd like to know. Oh, there he goes, throwing his money in my face. Oh, where's my hat? Upstairs, but... Let me be, Blondie. This is what I get for marrying beneath me. I was too young to know what I was doing. You mean you were too old to care? Oh, oh it's false, Gideon Sunevil. As false as your... As your second best teeth. Oh, you leave my teeth out of this. Keep him away from me. Don't let him touch me. Hey, Sneevel, wait. No wife of mine can talk that way about my teeth. What about that transformation she wears? Ah! Oh, lock the door, Dagwood. Don't let anyone in. You'd better not go up there, Blondie. I've got to, Dagwood, and keep them quiet. Oh, goodness, that may be Mr. Dithers at the door. Oh, no, I hope not. Oh, it is. Bumstead. Yes, sir. Uh, welcome to, uh, Honeymoon Cottage. What was all that yelling I heard? The Honeymooners. What? It's Aunt Bessie and Uncle Gideon. They had a little misunderstanding. Now listen to me, Bumstead. <laughs> What's that I fell over? Just an anchor. An anchor? What's that doing in the hall? What's this trunk here for and all this luggage? Why don't you turn on some lights? They'll be on any minute now, I think. I distinctly told you, Bumstead, that Stipple wanted warm, soft light streaming from the windows. 
and I find the house dark as a smuggler's cave. I told you she liked romance, and I find the hall full of luggage as if someone was being evicted. I said Stipple wanted to see a happy couple sitting in contentment before their own fireside, and I find the place full of your relatives making the night hideous with their uproar. Oh, they'll quiet down. <laughs> Listen to that. Now get those people out of here, Bumstead, before I turn in a riot call. Yes, sir. But let me explain. Uh, you can explain that in the morning. Stipple is coming tonight, and it will look fishy if I am here. Or try to head her off. She'll be here any minute, and if she stumbles into this shambles, it'll cure her of romance forever. And lose me a good customer and cause you a bad headache, Bumstead. I got a little headache now. Well, you practice getting used to that one, Bumstead. Because unless you get me out of this quicker than you got me into it, tomorrow you're going to be a stretcher case. Hey, wait! Oh, golly. Hey, Blondie! This episode of Blondie is being produced and sponsored by the Watertown Players. The holiday season is just around the corner and we'll be here before you know it. The Watertown Players have two great ways to celebrate. Coming soon will be A Wizard of Oz Christmas, our annual Christmas play at the Octagon House Museum, now being presented virtually. Check our Facebook page for more details in the coming days. You don't want to miss this one, folks. In December, the Watertown Players Youth Theater will be presenting Elf the Musical Junior in pre-recorded virtual form. This hilarious fish-out-of-water comedy follows Buddy the Elf in his quest to find his true identity and to help all those around him remember the true meaning of Christmas. Elf the Musical Junior will be released on December 11th to the world. For further information on the Watertown Players, please follow the group on Facebook. The Watertown Players, dedicated to enriching the lives of those in this and surrounding communities through creativity, expression, and fun. Blondie, hurry up, will you? Yes, dear, here I am. Oh, did Mr. Dithers go so soon? He didn't go any too soon for me. He was pretty mad, Blondie. He said Miss Stipple would just be rambling into a shambles, uh, er, stumbling into rambles, I mean, or something like that. Oh dear, did he hear Bessie and Gideon? How could he help it? What was all that crash? Who threw what at who? Oh, that wasn't anything. I just dropped a bottle of cologne I was bathing Aunt Bessie's forehead with. She has a bad headache. You mean she is a headache? Now Dagwood. It's just that they're getting adjusted to marriage after living alone so many years. I feel sorry for them both right now. Maybe I'd feel sorry for them too if I had time. But Stipple will be here any minute looking for a romantic honeymoon couple sitting by the hearth, and we haven't got one. I don't suppose we'd do, would we, Dagwood? Sure. Only she'd meet me later on some dither's job and find out our honeymoon had happened seven years ago. We've got to think of something, Blondie. Dither said I got him into this and I'll have to get him out. I know, and I feel responsible because it's my Aunt Bessie. 
Oh, look, Dagwood, the little hall light is burning. The electricity must be on at last. Turn it out. If Stipple sees a lot of lighted windows, she'll be here like a shot. She's crazy. Hey, who's that standing in the hall? Uncle Gideon. Eavesdropping again? I'm afraid I was. Uh, do I understand that my uh, disagreement with Bessie has embarrassed you young people? I'll say. Dagwood. Well, it has. My whole job depends on it, maybe. See, there's a lady coming who thinks marriage is a fine thing. Not married, huh? Well, yes, but she has a lovely idea, Uncle Gideon. She wants to provide low-cost homes for couples where they can find peace and contentment. Little houses like this, just for two. Just for two? A good idea. My marriage might not be the wreck it is if I'd had a guest-proof home. If I could help in any way... Well, you could, by being an example of a happy married couple. Only, you'd need Aunt Bessie, too. Then it's hopeless, my boy. Oh, is that so? Why, may I ask? Aunt Bessie, you were listening, too. Yes, I was. And if I were speaking to Mr. Sneevel, I would tell him that I was just as able to cooperate with my nephew as he is. Did you hear that, Uncle Gideon? She said... I heard her, and you may tell Mrs. Sneevel that I, for one, would be willing to impersonate a happily married man for the period of the emergency. Aunt Bessie, Uncle Gideon says... I heard him. I can hide my feelings, too, while the company was here. I think that's very nice of you both. Now, while I'm turning on the lamps, would you sit together over by the fire? Right over here. Look, Blondie, the fire's burning, too. Uh-huh. Everything's looking a little brighter. Sit down, Aunt Bessie. Yeah, now you sit down next to her, Uncle Gideon. Now, how does that look, Blondie? Well... It would look a little more honeymoony if they wouldn't sit up quite so straight. And there's too much space between them. Get together. Get together. Well, if you'll be good enough to tell Mrs. Sneevel that I don't want to force my attentions on her, I will meet her halfway. Listen, Aunt Bessie. He says... I heard him. And you tell Mr. Sneevel that he can just sit as close as he likes. I'll just make out the to myself that I'm on a hayride with a stranger. Oh, no, Aunt Bessie. Pretend you're still in love. Don't be childish. Listen, that's her. That's Stipple now. It's now or never, Aunt Bessie. Please help us. Give Gideon your hand. For you, Blondie. There. Good. Now look happy. Yeah, look at the fire and smile or something. I've got to open this door. Go ahead, Dagwood. Hello, Miss Stipple. You're just in time. I mean, you... you know me? Sure. Mr. Dithers said... Ah, yes. Such a kindly character, Mr. Dithers. Is that so? I mean, sure. Sure. Uh, come in. Are you sure I won't be intruding into your happy circle? No, indeed. We've heard so much about you. I feel as if you were an old friend already. Oh, you are very kind. Now I feel welcome. But I mustn't stay. It is enough that I have seen this happy home, been allowed for just a moment to cross its magic threshold, step into a world of content. 
Oh, don't run away right off. Why, you haven't seen the place yet. Look, over by the fire. Honeymooners. And they want to meet you. We all do. I'm Blondie, and this is my husband, Dagwood Bumstead. And this is Aunt Bessie and Uncle Gideon Sneevel. Good evening. How do you do? Pleased, I'm sure. Now, won't you sit with us by the fire? Oh, I mustn't disturb the happy couple. They were seeking castles in Spain and the embers, I'm sure, dreaming of their future together. Well, I... Shh, would... Dagwood! Maybe Miss Stipple is right and the rest of us wrong. I beg pardon? I mean, well, you've never had a home of your own, have you, Miss Stipple? A real home, I mean, with a husband and... No, I... I never have. But perhaps you know more about what a home means than people who do have one. Oh, you understand so well, my dear. Blondie's great at understanding people. Just the same, I, I think it might be a good thing if Miss Stipple told us what she thinks a home should be. Well, I... It seems to me that a home need not be a large place, never any larger than just big enough to hold the people in it close together. Its walls shut out the world and its troubles. The fire on its hearth, no matter how tiny a blaze, keeps out the cold and warms the hearts around it. A real home is a place where a man and a woman face life together, face it unafraid, laughing at misunderstanding, inviting contentment, finding beauty in the simple act of living day by day. But I mustn't take up any more of your time. I think you've given us more than you've taken. Oh, but you all know better than I. What I've been trying to say, you all have a home where I just peer in at the lighted window and wish you happiness. Oh, dear me, it's quite late. I really must go. Ah, oh, another wayfarer attracted by the gleam of your fire. Bumstead, it's Mr. Dithers. What makes it so quiet in here? Miss Stipple was just telling us... Uh, Miss Stipple, well, 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 uh, you got here, I see. I am most happy to say that I did. I've met the most charming people. Eh? Um, the Bumsteads, you mean? And their relatives. Uh, Aunt Bessie and Uncle Gideon. Bumstead, um, where are they? Right over there. The ones holding hands? Those two? By the fire? Perhaps you are surprised to find a honeymoon couple who were not uh, young people, but they are all the happier to find each other later in life. It's not only for the young I want to build my little homes, Mr. Dithers. You um, have decided to go ahead with your idea? Oh, yes, indeed. This house is what I've been looking for all along. It's perfect. So snug. So peaceful. Peaceful. Uh, oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Um, maybe if we were going to talk business, we ought to go over to the office. I was about to suggest it. Good night to you all. 
And thank you so much for a happy visit. Uh, Mr. Dithers, before you go, uh, tomorrow, Bumstead, don't worry. I won't forget what you've done for me, though I don't know how you did it. Oh, well, I guess everything's all right, Dagwood. Ah, oh, yeah. Dithers sounded as pleased as he ever does. Hey, Aunt Bessie, Uncle Gideon. They've gone, Aunt Bessie. But don't start yelling again until Miss Dipple is out of hearing. Oh, I don't feel much like yelling. That woman made me kind of ashamed. Me with a fine man like Gideon and treating him the way I have. Now, Bessie, it was all my fault. Taking you to that big barn of a house and getting all excited because you had a few of your folks drop in. Suppose you moved to a small house, a cozy little place like this. Oh, Gideon, could we? Could we? We have. From now on, we live here, Bessie. Well, Dagwood, it looks as if it was our move. Come on. Eh? The honeymooners want to be alone. Come, dear. We'll pick up our things in the morning. Good night, Aunt Bessie and Gideon. They don't even hear you, Blondie. No. Look at them. It would do Stipple good to see them now, sitting in front of that fireplace. Yeah, that's a nice fireplace. That's our regular 413A, the hearth where happy hearts will spend a lifelong honeymoon. And so we leave Blondie and Dagwood of Shady Lane Avenue. We invite you to listen again next week when we join the Bumsteads once more. Next week's episode is entitled, Bagging Thanksgiving. <laughs> Sounds like a hoot and a half to me. This week's episode, The Honeymooners, feature the voice talents of Jim Ortega as Mr. Dithers, Linda Ewart as Aunt Bessie, Matt Emerson as Gideon Sneevel, Beth Boxel as Miss Stipple, Blaine Landowski as Dagwood, and, of course, Lisa Steffel as Blondie. This week's episode was brought to you by the Watertown Players. Don't forget these fine upcoming productions, A Wizard of Oz Christmas and Elf the Musical Junior, both being presented virtually in this holiday season. For further information, follow the Watertown Players on Facebook. This is your announcer, Jim Steffel, thanking you for supporting the Watertown Players and our weekly episodes of Blondie. For more information on how you can help fund these fine old-fashioned productions, please text BLONDIE to 44321. That's BLONDIE, B-L-O-N-D-I-E, to 44321. Thank you, and good night. <laughs>